1: Welcome to Homeschool Your Way. I'm your host, Jana Cook, and Bookshark's community manager. Are you struggling with winter doldrums? Does it feel like summer is so far away, and you're stuck in a second-semester homeschool rut? In this episode, I'm joined by Amy Yusey, a second-generation homeschooler and owner of Play and Talk. We'll discuss ways to banish winter lag and re-energize your homeschool. This chat was taken from a previous recording created for Bookshark's Bootcamp. For more information on Bootcamp, please email main at bookshark.com. Welcome. My name is Jana. I am your community manager. And today I am joined with Amy Uc. She is from Play and Talk. We are going to be just discussing this idea of winter lag. I know that I've talked to some of you and you have asked for some ideas on how to get back into the swing of things of homeschooling after you've had a holiday break. So we're going to kind of touch on all those things. But before we do, I'm going to let Amy introduce herself and give you a little bit of background because like myself, she is a second generation homeschooler. And so we have that connection that we really enjoy.
2: Amy, thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thank you so much, Jana, for having me on. I'm so excited to be here today, especially the topic because getting back into it after the New Year's, it's, it's sometimes a tough thing for every homeschooling mom. But yes, I have, um, I'm a second generation homeschooler. I have a five and a seven year old that I'm currently homeschooling. I was one of four kids that was homeschooled, but I was homeschooled in the eighties when uh, the truant officer was a real thing back then. <laughs> So um, I am the owner of Play and Talk Phonics Company. We are a phonics and spelling company. We teach kids to read and we do it through play-based learning. And it is a 60 plus year old company. I am not 60 plus years old, but I am the current owner and I am bringing it back to today's generation and I'm loving it. I learned to read with it when I was just five years old. And so this idea of play and talk,
1: this this concept of playing while you are learning is so perfect because one of the things I really encourage our customers to do is to incorporate play, especially when you're struggling to get back into a routine after the holidays. I know personally that I have issue with even waking up on time during the uh, winter time. I had shared with our um, listeners earlier in the year that I had gotten a sunrise alarm clock that will slowly brighten up and light up your room to help wake up. And I have to tell you this morning, it didn't work. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) was going to work. But to be fair, a snowstorm came in um, last night in Colorado. So there was no extra light. I felt like I felt like my alarm was trying to get me up at midnight. So this struggle to not only get back into the routine of homeschooling, but the struggle is real even to get back into a routine personally. And I know that as the moms, we kind of, or the parent, we steer the ship of our home. And so when we're struggling, it makes the struggle even more so when we're trying to steer that
2: ship. Yep. Throw in New Year's resolutions. If you try to do any dieting or anything and then you've got like hangry going on and you're dealing with your kids, trust me, yes. (laughs) I think we've all been there.
1: You're in Southern Cal. So do you experience that winter, you know, kind of unmotivation as much as maybe
2: some of us who are a little bit further into the mountains or to the east of you? I'd say probably not as much, but we do have our rainy days and it has been raining pretty much nonstop for the last two weeks, which is really uncharacteristic for Southern California. And so I've had to get really innovative. Like I've, um, instead of running errands during like sunny times, I've chosen to run my errands during the uh, rainy times because then we're not all cooped up together inside the house all day long. So I'm just, you know, you just roll with it. And I think as homeschooling parents, just being adaptable is the biggest thing because someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to have an accident. Something else is going to happen that's beyond our control. And the more we can adapt and flow, the better life is. And we won't get hard on ourselves and be upset because I just yelled at my child because I'm hungry because I've been on no sugar for seven days type of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I gave up that resolution years ago. But I do think (laughs) I do think it is a common denominator, because we are at home. And typically in the winter, unless you're in the southern hemisphere, you are in a different season of either cold or rain. And so Instead of being hard on ourselves, I think, you know, we we always, I've always said as a homeschool parent, we need to make sure we extend grace to ourselves. And I would say January, February is like a double measure of grace. Like if I can't get out of bed at six, then I need to rearrange my schedule so that seven works for us. Instead of getting upset and frustrated, and then the more frustrated and upset I get at myself, it spills out into my family, into our homeschool and
2: nobody has fun when that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And just like along those lines, when I mentioned adaptable, you know, yesterday it wasn't flowing well, it was raining and the kids were antsy. I was antsy. And so, you know, what we did is I skipped math and instead we played farmopoly, which is, like a version of Monopoly. But guess what? He was counting. He was counting his money. He was buying property. He was doing all the things. And and that's just the beauty of being ho- a homeschooler is you can do that if you decide, you know what? We just need to take a break on this and we're going to do this instead today. Yeah,
1: it is. Sometimes I do feel like I need permission, Amy, from you or someone else who says, it's okay. It's okay if nobody's feeling it and you know you need to get it done. Monopoly is a great way to do math, right? There are so many ways, but it's just, it's just
2: feeling okay with doing it differently. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is if you just, everyone thinks about it is it is not a race. It's not a sprint, but homeschooling is a marathon. So it's the consistency over time.
1: Yeah. I had even encouraged parents last week, like, Hey, watch a documentary. If depending on where in history you're talking about, um, where in the world, you know, the region that you're in, if just find something so yeah. that you feel like you're doing something and, and some is better than none. And actually that's enough. But I feel like so many times we look at those guides and we're like, but I didn't do what it told me to do. or, or And, and then, and then because we kind of come from a society that's all or nothing, we're just like, we want to just not do any of it. And so yeah. I'm trying to encourage myself, like some, just a little bit, one subject a day. Yes, that's going to throw off your calendar, right? Like your plan, but hopefully we wrote our plan in pencil and yes. it, it will work out okay. And then when the spring comes and, and the, you have more energy and the kids have more energy, you can, you know, rebound your efforts. And there'll be days that you can
2: double up on things if you feel the need to get through it all. 100%. And I know that even um, I've spoken to a lot of moms where they're pregnant and they're having a baby and it doesn't all go okay in terms of their they've got morning sickness and they're trying to homeschool their kids and you know what we go through seasons and that like you said earlier that's the thing is grace because if you're pregnant, you're nauseous or you're just having one of those days, you just rearrange things. And you know you mentioned uh, a documentary. I've got two shows that I love. Um I don't know if you've ever watched with your kiddos but Dirty Jobs is a great educational show and then there's how it's made is amazing it it shows like how rubber is made or how cows are milked and it's it's actually just really entertaining and educational so just throwing that out there yeah
1: Well, another one that my family really likes is The Amazing Race. And not only do you get to see all around the world, but you get to experience some of their culture and the different um, activities that they have them do during the race. And so, you know, someone might be like, well, that's not school. Well, why not? Like, I learned things that I never would have – no book – that I would have picked up would have given me that information. So to kind of get creative and make it work for you, there's nothing wrong with doing these types of out of the box things. I remember playing where in the world is Carmen San Diego. I did.
2: I learned so much
1: geography from that.
2: <laughs> I did too. <laughs> you know, that one. Uh, there's one other one too. Um like what about Shark Tank? we have kiddos that want to run lemonade stands and start their own business. That's a great one for kids too. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: really is just, just giving yourself again, permission to do things um, non-traditionally. And that it really is part of the beauty of homeschool is that we don't have to follow the traditional ideas and schedules. So if you're going to do it, like, let's just get crazy and do it. Let's do these things right. that, you wouldn't normally consider educational, but because we're in charge, this is the other thing I have to remind myself constantly. I'm an adult. I'm in charge. I can do these things. I don't need permission from anyone else. Don't get me wrong. Permission is nice, but I don't need permission from anyone else. But if you're the type of person that feels like they need permission, I'm your girl. I will give you permission. You have permission. We've given it. Done. (laughs) Great. Podcast listener. Yeah. You, do you like doing things the hard way or the easy way? Are you a stiff upper lip, suffer through it kind of homeschooler, or do you prefer to take a more relaxed and low stress route where you can actually enjoy learning alongside your kids? I mean, this is the Homeschool Your Way podcast, so if you like to go the hard route, that's your choice. But I think if you go the enjoyable and easier way, you'll have more steam to keep going instead of getting burned out, and your kids will be more likely to turn into lifelong learners too. Bookshark customers choose the easy and enjoyable way. Here's what they have to say. Maria Santiago says, Bookshark has definitely changed my point of view in regards to homeschooling. Everything from the instructor's guide to worksheets is well detailed, easy to use, and a great teaching guide. Thank you, Bookshark. May Danielle C says, We're officially more than halfway through our first year with Bookshark curriculum. It's incredible to see how much wonderful literature they've already consumed at this point. These stories have ignited inspiration for arts and crafts, as well as prompted many library trips to pick up books on similar subjects. We seriously love this curriculum. And Mary Ann at Eclectic Schoolhouse says, I just want to shout out to Bookshark for their legit schedules in their instructor's guides. Pretty much every day is chaotic in its own way here, especially with a toddler around. And those schedules help us roll through the day and get things done, no matter how many distractions are at hand. I've tried so many other programs and literally none have worked as well for us as Bookshark. Join Maria, May and Marianne, plus thousands of other homeschool parents on the easy homeschool path. Get started by requesting your free print catalog at bookshark.com slash catalog. Well, Amy, what are some of the ways that you incorporate gaming into your education, whether it be in January or in May?
2: Well, gaming. So gamifying things is, I think, the key to everything because there's actually been studies done that show that kids learn best from play-based learning. So you have two choices. Either A, you only buy curriculum that is gamified, that has games in it, or B, you already have curriculum and now you need to adjust it. So if it you're in the B cat if you're in the A category, great. This spring when you purchase all your curriculum, make sure there's play-based learning in there. If you're not and you already have your curriculum, you can change it. So I have a lot of ideas. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. First idea is you can take like facts and figures that you're learning. And instead of just memorizing those, putting those on a flashcard, whatnot, you can put them up on the wall and you can shoot Nerf guns at them. You can create a matching game with them where the kids actually have to, you put them up on like a big poster board and they draw lines matching them. So, all different types of things. You can uh, use Play Doh for shaping letters. You can use Play Doh for shaping the Tower of the Lean Tower of Pisa. <laughs> you can actually study about maybe a place or a location in your history or geography and, and maybe make a, a map of it out of Play Doh or a piece of food item out of Play Doh. You can also do crazy things like you decide you're learning about Marie Antoinette and you're going to dress up and do a play about it, or you're going to find a recipe from that era and make mutton or something from that era. Just finding ways to actually bring whatever it is that they're learning and make it 3D. I think that's the best way. And it's all about gaming, but it's about bringing it to life so that they can see it. They can smell it. They can taste it. They're having fun they're doing something challenging and it just, it changes the game.
1: Yeah, I love the idea of acting things out because I have, I've honestly confessed, I don't love to read aloud, but because we're a literature based um, curriculum, I love to read. I just don't particularly care to read out loud. But if you can, if you're comfortable enough to, you know, either have your child read and you act out what the character is doing or vice versa, you read and have your kids act it out. Is it going to be perfect? Is it going to be Broadway worthy? No. But are they going to remember those things because it was different? You were having fun. I mean, like you said, studies show when kids are having fun. They're going to be remembering. They're going to be learning because when you can, when you can connect an emotion with an idea, that's when it really sticks. 100%.
2: There's just, there's no, there's no trading, just even the memories. So when you're making it play-based, just thinking about that aspect of it. Yes, they're learning something, but they're also creating lasting memories with their siblings and with you. And you'll never want to trade those in a million years. It's it's just, you're creating a lifelong thirst for learning, number one, but you're creating lifelong memories. I have, I'm sure you do too, but I have so many fond memories from homeschooling with my mom and my kid, siblings, my sister and my brothers growing up. And it was all, I remember not the facts and the figures, but I remember experiences. Yeah.
1: I had said to my daughter who will be reading um, To Kill a Mockingbird coming up in the next couple of weeks. And. I said, well, you know, Denver's Performing Arts is actually running that soon. Would you like to go see it instead of actually reading it? Now, if that's not available to you, the the movie is just as good. Um, It is black and white. So depending on your child, they may be like, what is this? (laughs) What is this film? But there's so many different ways that we can switch out the have-tos with the want-tos. So, and my daughter, she actually wasn't sure. She's like, I don't know if I want to do that. And I was like, well, you get to think about it. I love at a certain age. I've always tried, no matter how old my kids were to get their input, to see what they wanted to do. I was always the final decision. And, you know, when there are so many holes in their brain that nothing is really (laughs) going to stick anyways, I just flat out make that decision. But letting my children see that We can think outside the box and you may be surprised. They may come to you and say, hey, I heard about this. Can we do this in place of that? And then you're gonna start seeing that they're starting to think creatively about their education. And the more you're vested in what you're learning, the more it's going to um, impact you, right? I mean, that's just
2: truth. I think you just hit on something really important there. And I've always tried to do this within homeschooling as well. Making sure that they're vested in it. Well, how do we make sure that they're vested in it? Well, if you have a kiddo that loves fire trucks, if you have a kiddo that loves military, if you have a kiddo that loves treasure hunting, if you have a kiddo that loves whatever Legos or Star Wars, if you can actually incorporate those things into learning it makes it so much better. So, example, my kiddo is very much into treasure hunting. He asked for a metal detector for Christmas last year. So, in studying different things, we'll actually go out and we'll go out into nature and we'll go on a hike. We'll go learn about what what it is that we're learning about and we'll actually bring the the metal detector with us and we'll go to a an empty creek bed and we'll go like look for gold. Now, do we ever find anything no but it's all in the excitement of the experience and we're out there we're at nature we're we're looking at things that the indians you know the rocks that indians used to use to grind up corn and you know we're out there learning so if you can find things like that that your kiddos are really into then it they'll remember it and it's it's just and it, you might wonder star wars so if you're doing math do it with star wars legos right yeah. Or if you're doing some other activity, just bringing the things that they love into whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I think that is something that a lot of parents, myself included, we get caught up in the curriculum and Mm -hmm. we forget to include our children. And I know this sounds silly, but my family can attest I actually do this in almost every area of my life. I get caught up in the activity that I forget to ask my kids if it's even something they had wanted to do. And then I, I get like that crazy determination. So we had gone geocaching one summer when we were camping and we were two hours in and we were not finding anything, but I, I get determined and I kind of lost my kids along the way. And that's something I have to keep in check on myself that okay, I need to stop and assess, are they connecting or am I just having fun (laughs) or am I just being stubborn? Amy, I can get so stubborn and it flows into the curriculum and the teaching. And then I lose not only the fun, but I lose my child in the midst of it because I'm like, we're going to do this. And, and maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm the only one.
2: No, you are not. Trust me. I think there's one of those activities we did the other day on a field trip. And I was like, no, no, but we're supposed to do this. And my kids were going in a totally different direction. And it was okay that they were going in a different direction. They were still going to get the same value out of the trip. But I was trying to stick to the my little clipboard. And so yes, as moms and dads, I think that it's really important for us to just sometimes flow with where our our kids, uh, their interest in terms of whatever it is that we're teaching them and be back to the word adaptable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I like the word flow because we definitely, if we are in tuned to our children, as opposed to being so in tune to our agenda. Yeah. That we can see, okay, wait, it says that we're supposed to keep reading, but uh, we can't keep reading because they're, we've lost them. Right. They're rolling on the floor. yes, Right. Right. But it's like, but it says we have five more minutes or five more pages. It's like, you know what? Shut the book. It's okay. Get on the floor and roll around with them. I mean, we have, we, I feel like as a parent, I've got to do a better job coming to where they're at as opposed to asking them to come where I, I, I expect them to be.
2: 100%. All every, every single time. I agree. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's just, I think you're right. It's you just don't stick to the schedule. You you have your outline, but then you just have to flow. So if if there's tears, then don't be afraid to end that day and start again. And then maybe before you start next time, whether whatever it is, say you're doing history before you start, wherever you left off with tears, maybe actually find a way to do um, a craft or activity related to that to kind of soften the, soften the blow a little bit, help them to forget what happened last time and just gamify it as much as possible before in the very beginning. So that they start to have fun. And then you, it's kind of like you give them a little bit of fun and then give them the meat and then give them a little dessert. And I, I a lot of my homeschooling and try to do that way. I don't actually teach like all the hard subjects all at once, or I will always give kind of like a fun nice, easy one, then a, a meaty, hard subject. And then I'll do another fun because as kids, they need mind breaks. We all name, I mean, everyone needs mind breaks. What do you do when you need a mind break? So we have to make sure that when we're teaching our kids, we layer it kind of like a seven course meal.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, like you said, to be in it for the long haul, right? If we want sustainability in this homeschool journey, we need to start thinking about you know, more than just the books and the curriculum, but how our children are receiving it and how we're feeling when we're giving it and, yeah. and the, the things that we can do to change for the better, um, for the enjoyment of everyone. So in closing, Amy, what did you just have some um, encouragement for parents, maybe someone like myself who struggled to even get up this morning, let alone hit the books with homeschool. <laughs>
2: Don't be afraid to, as you said earlier, do it differently. It's there's no one right way to teach a child because every single child is different. Every single child has a different destiny that they're walking into. Some are kinesthetic learners, some are audio learners, some are visual learners. So don't be afraid to customize it for your kiddo or multiple kiddos. Your kiddo's journey. You know how they learn best. So don't be afraid to swim upstream when everyone else might be swimming downstream.
1: That is a good encouragement. Um, I know I needed to hear it. And hopefully there were some other parents this morning. They will feel encouraged as well. If someone is interested in Play and Talk, Amy, how can they find you?
2: They can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and online, com. And if anyone has questions and they'd like to email me about any of the topics we talked about today, just feel free to go to aimee at playandtalk.com. And I will answer your emails. Amy, thank you so
1: much for helping banish our, our winter lag this morning. is I'm trying not to be jealous that you're in um, sunny slash rainy California and I'm in um, snowy slash cold Colorado. But uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing uh, your heart with our listeners. And we hope to see you soon.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Have a great one, everyone. Bye, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Homeschool Your Way, a podcast by Bookshark. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening now so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you have questions you'd like the hosts to answer or have any feedback about the podcast, please visit bookshark.com podcast to leave your comments. Or you can simply email podcast at bookshark.com.